Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. Uh, we uh, are going to bring you a message today, a sermon from the Word of God, and we thank you for joining us today. If you're in the Tampa Bay area, we invite you to join us at Embassy Suites Hotel, second floor Cypress Room, 11 till 12.30 a.m. every Sunday morning as we regather and meet together and, and, and establish a new beginning for the Holy Church of God. Thank you that, uh, that you have tuned in though today. Wherever you are in the world, you can gather with us right now. This is not a live service from that service, but this is Sunday morning alive because I I'm alive, and so is the Word of God. The Bible says of itself, it is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword. That word quick means alive. Hallelujah. You hath he quickened, made alive, who was dead in trespasses and sins. Well, we're bringing you the living word today. Praise God. And I pray that it will enliven your faith to trust God, believe God, stay close to God if you're a Christian, come to Christ if you're not a Christian, and be sealed and saved. At the end of our service, there was there was the, the, a message brought in other tongues and an interpretation that God wants to save us, seal us, and keep us safe from the wrath to come. Well, what, a, what a consolation to know God's intention concerning not just we who are saved, but you who do not know Him yet. There's no hiding place down here. The old song, the old Christian song said, no hiding place down here. But there is a hiding place in God, in Christ. Praise God. In fact, the Bible said we're hid in Christ, in God. Augustus Top Lady, uh, who was uh, going from one town to another walking as they did back in those turn-of-the-century days. A, a, a fierce storm came, and he found a place to wedge himself into the cleft of a rock to keep him from the wind and rain and tempest. And inside that little hiding place he was in that was so strong that the storm couldn't touch him, he wrote the great Christian hymn, Rock of ages cleft for me let me hide myself in thee praise God well we pray today that we will find that place in fact David of old the psalmist said hide me in thy pavilion praise God friend there is a hiding place down here but it's not here it's in him praise the Lord so thank God for Jesus today I want to bring the core part of the message that we brought live uh, in our live service so that you can uh, enjoy it, I pray, and more than importantly, that you will apply it to your life as as Christians living in the last days, an upstream Christian in a downstream world. That's not our title. Our title is Gratitude is the Greatest Blessing. We can bless God with. It's the thing that He looks for and yearns for from us. And ingratitude is the greatest sin. 
that we could commit. Now, I know about adultery. I know about fornication. And I know all the other sins that are, that are heinous sins and, and, and that are an abomination to God. But ingratitude is right there on the top shelf. It's a top shelf sin. So gratitude, the greatest blessing we can bless God with from our heart and in and through our life. Ingratitude, unthankfulness is one of the major and greatest sins that we can commit against Him, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian. In fact, ingratitude of creation to the Creator is the gateway sin, that's why it's one of the greatest, that allows and accommodates all the other sins of the flesh. Let's read from Romans one eighteen today and see this together. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Now, when did he do that? When did the darkest heart receive light? When, when did the darkest heart and the most sinful heart have the, and the most rebellious heart have the opportunity to believe? Well, the scripture says that Jesus lighteth every man that cometh into the world. God lighteth every man. He's given enough light to see. He's given enough faith to believe. For the scripture also says to every man was given the measure of faith. They have it. And God knows that they have it. We all have it. You, you may say, I've never seen that. I can't believe in a God I can't see or a God I can't scientifically comprehend. God says different. God says he showed it to you. I believe he has. And I believe you know in your heart of hearts whether you admit it or not. There's reasons for rejecting that light, reasons for rejecting that ability to believe when you hear the gospel. Listen to verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse." I, I may I may tend to to try to rationalize and excuse the man or woman or boy or girl who says I'm just too scientifically oriented to believe that everything we see was created by an invisible uh, entity called God. I just believe that's something man made up uh, a placebo for his insecurities and inability to deal with things as they truly really are. I understand all of that kind of thinking. God says in their heart where we can't see, there is knowledge given and the ability to believe is given. So it's not a matter of I can't believe. It's a matter of I refuse to believe. Verse 21 says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Listen, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened. 
professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image like unto corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than, more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Verse 26 says, For this cause God gave them up to... And see if this doesn't mirror our culture today. For this cause God gave them up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense or reward for their error which was meet or due. And and even as they did not like to retain, see they have that knowledge in their heart, that light, that faith, that measure of faith to believe, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are inconvenient. You know, at the end of every, almost every broadcast here today, every sermon, every teaching from Scripture, when we make an invitation, many times there's a plea given, don't run from God. Don't run from Jesus. Run to Him. Don't go deeper into the darkness. Friend of mine, failure to acknowledge God and give thanks to Him is a gateway sin to every other sin of the flesh. Listen, verse 29 says, being filled with unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, Magnanity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, insolent, haughty, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that which, that, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Friend of mine, this is our culture being mirrored today, and it's not the first culture to sink into these sins, to quit acknowledging God, drift away from God, and be filled with ingratitude. This is what we're seeing in our culture today, and this is why. Second Timothy 3, listen to it in its confirmation of what we just read. This know that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. There it is. Unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heavy, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, 
having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. Listen, in the Christian community in particular, we need to be grateful to God for who He is, for what He has given us when He gave His Son for us, and to Christ for what He has done for us at the cross. Ingratitude is a gateway sin to allow and accommodate all of these myriad of sins of the flesh. And we're living in a an entitled, ungrateful generation. People that can, without any sense of conscience, burn the flag that so many young men and women have given their life, given their life's blood that we might have the freedoms that we enjoy. And we treat that and all the symbols of that kind of patriotism to lay down their life, to keep us free, to give us the kind of good life that we're living. You can see the ingratitude everywhere. In the song, though, my tribute, Andre Crouch, ask a question that I believe every Christian should be know exactly how to answer. And it's my tribute. And one of the verses says, How can I say thanks for all the things you've done for me, things so undeserved, yet you gave to prove your love for me? The voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am or ever hope to be, I owe it all to thee, to God be the glory for the great things he has done. That's the song, my tribute. But the psalmist asked that same question in the ancient times in Psalm one sixteen twelve, and he poses that same question What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits unto me? And he answered that, that, that it's a rhetorical question to David. <laughs> he knows exactly what to give God and why to give it to him. Amen. In Psalm 103, listen to verses 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy... I'm going to stop right here. You know the question I'm going to ask. Do you own a pair of shouting shoes? I'm not trying to be facetious. I'm not trying to be silly. I'm asking a legitimate question. Is there anything praiseworthy that we are bringing forth right now from the Word of God? Did David have a reason to dance before the Lord? Did David have an incentive to praise God with everything he had within him. Let's let's start this again. If you have on your shouting shoes, you might want to use them. <laughs> Amen. Psalm 103. Listen, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Here's the incentive for that kind of of praise and worship of God. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? 
who healeth all thine diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. We should be filled with praise and thanksgiving and thanksgiving we're going to see in a moment. For the forgiveness of sin, thereby escaping hell and gaining heaven. That's the ultimate result. And the paramount result of forgiveness is that we might escape eternal separation and punishment, banishment and punishment, and that we might obtain heaven and all that God has provided for us eternally. This is the blessing above all blessings. Don't let any other problem in your life, pressure in your life, loss in your life, crisis in your life, heartache or heartbreak in your life, transcend this reason to praise God anyhow and serve Him with everything. Listen, it's all going to be okay when Jesus comes. If you've lost a child, you're going to be reunited. If you've lost a loved one who is a believer, you're going to be reunited. If you've had sickness your whole life, you'll never have it again because of what Jesus has done for us at the cross. Look at verse 10, just in light of His mercies and grace to us. And these grace gifts to us of Psalm 103. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. This is quoted in the new covenant, and it adds to it, and their sins will I remember no more. He forgives our sin. He forgets our sin and treats us as if we had never sinned when we truly repent of our sin and receive Jesus as our Savior. This kind of love, this kind of mercy, oh friend, this Savior who took our sins upon himself suffered unimaginable pain for six hours on the cross after being beaten within an inch of his life, paid our sin debt in full. Jesus deserves more than a tip of the hat on Sunday morning, more than an hour of our time. He deserves nothing less than our total devotion because of our gratitude, our gratefulness for all that He has done for us. We should not just give thanks, therefore. We should live thanks. That means a life lived to express true gratitude for the unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ and the unsearchable riches of the grace that is ours through Him. What's it worth to you today? What's it worth to me today? True worship is not just words that we mouth or songs that we sing along with, but our hearts and our lives representing wonderful Wonderful grace gifts that cannot be aptly described with the human verbiage and language. It's the unspeakable riches 
of Christ, the unsearchable riches and the unspeakable gift. What should we do? How should we be responding? Should we just be like the world looking forward? And, oh, listen, a feast is, is a good thing. Kill, kill the calf. Kill the fatted calf when the prodigal son comes home. It's a way of celebrating, amen, this, this salvation, if you please, and this redemption of this lost one. Oh, friend of mine, there's the Feast of Trumpets and the Feast of Tabernacles, and, and there's more feasting than fasting, and we need more, probably more fasting than feasting, but we, there's more things to celebrate, victories to celebrate, grace gifts to celebrate because of our gratitude. So, uh, yes, I'm, I'm not going to do without that, that celebratory meal on Thanksgiving Day, but I'm not just going to thank Him for the, the, the roof over my head and an automobile that don't break down every other day. Amen. And, and my wife and, and, and my family that is left very few. My wife, my, my, my son and my dog. <laughs> We're getting very small in number now. Maybe a few cousins here and there, mostly there, because they certainly aren't here, because we're just distance and, and circumstances keep us from coming together. But friend of mine, the great thing that is going to make me celebrate Thanksgiving, not just on a Thanksgiving day here in America, but a, a every single day of our life should be a thanksgiving day. We shouldn't get up in the morning and say, good Lord, morning, because of all the problems, pressures we have. We should get up in the morning with grateful hearts and say, good morning, Lord. <laughs> this is the day the psalmist said, the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to celebrate my God and celebrate His grace gifts Praise God. What is the greatest gift? What, what, how, what can I give God that will be the greatest blessing that I could possibly bless Him with? I believe the answer is here. What can I give? What shall I render unto God? Amen. Romans 12, if you're a Christian, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And here again is showing gratitude. This devotion here is showing gratitude for the grace and mercy that he's granted to us. Listen to what Romans 12 says, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present or yield your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. There are translators that translate this, which is your true spiritual worship. You see, watching the praise team on Sunday morning doesn't necessarily mean that you are worshiping God. Mouthing words that you see up on the screen that are not real in your own heart, your own life, and lived out on a daily basis is not the true worship of God. It's when you grant unto Him the whole of you in gratitude for giving all of himself to you, to wit, God was in Jesus Christ in the context of that scripture on the cross, reconciling the world 
unto himself. Praise God. Who am I? Who are you that a king would bleed and die for? And say, not my will thine for, as the song says. But it is beyond a king or a great monarch that would die for you or me. It's the God who created us. Second person of the Godhead. Making making up the triune God. Taking on flesh so that he could go to the cross in our place, take our sins upon himself and pay the sin debt in full. That's worth more than mouthing words on a Sunday morning. It's worth what Paul is saying we ought to be offering God. And that is all of our devotion, all of our love. Thou shalt love the Lord with all thine heart, mind, soul, strength, and spirit. Praise God. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Say it with me. My true spiritual worship is total devotion. My true spiritual worship is total devotion. See, it's not mere emotion. You know, maybe a tear will come to our eye when we look more closely and revisit the cross. That's emotion. Devotion is when we see the full value of what Jesus did for us, what we gain because of what he did for us, and what we escape in what he did for us at the cross. We gain heaven, eternal life, and we escape the wrath to come and the eternal separation and banishment and punishment from the presence of God. What is that worth? It's worth more. I'm going to challenge you to to agree with this. It's worth more than what we generally are challenged to give Him on a Sunday morning service in the Christian community. It's worth our everything. It's worth our all. Hallelujah. Listen. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service or true spiritual worship. And be not conformed to this world. That that means that word conformed is like pressing clay into a mold until the clay takes the form of the mold. Don't let the world press you into its mold, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or demonstrate, exemplify, therefore, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is true spiritual worship. This is how we show true thanksgiving by thanksgiving. This is how we break free from the pull of the world and the power of the devil and the weaknesses of our own weak flesh. It's by making a quality commitment, total devotion to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to our God who gave us His only begotten Son. And it is time today for every true Christian to revisit the cross and rethink our own value system 
and re-stimulate as David did. <laughs> Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's in me. And to keep that attitude, he said, and forget not all of his benefits. Praise God, who forgives all thine iniquities. Hallelujah. Who heals all of thy diseases. Who delivers thy soul from destruction. Satisfies thy mouth with good things. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Let's don't drift away from the cross so far. And the appreciation for it so far. That we fail to be filled with gratitude. And when the question is asked, how shall I say thanks? What shall I render to God for His benefits? Let it be forever settled. I will offer Him my everything in gratitude, my all in gratitude. And then when I say words of gratitude, it will be coming directly, distinctly from my heart and not just my head. And God will receive it as a spiritual sacrifice. Even our praises will be transformed from mere words to God, to offerings to God. The calves of our lips offered in true gratitude is a spiritual sacrifice and a sweet-smelling savor to God. <laughs> Just like the incense that was burned upon the altar and came up behind the veil into the very presence of God today. Oh, I want to bless the Lord with the rest of my life. How about you today? How about you today? Let this be a thanksgiving that causes us to deepen our devotion and live the rest of the year with gratitude and thanks living. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's praise Him with everything we have. Serve Him with everything that we have. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior today, the Bible says of you that you are without God and without hope in this world. That's a terrible, terrifying place to be without God and without hope. But there's hope for you today because there's light inside the darkest heart and there's enough faith to believe the gospel, the good news of a God who loved you enough to send His Son to die in your place, to take your place on the cross and a Christ who loved you enough to stay on that cross for six agonizing, horrendous hours when he could have called the angels to deliver him from going to the cross or to take him down from the cross. But he loved you enough to stay on it. Don't run from him today. Don't go deeper into the darkness. Don't let the world press you into its mold. Come to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Receive Him as your Lord and Savior, repenting of your sin. God will pardon you. 
welcome you with open arms into His kingdom. He will save you. He will seal you. And He will keep you from the wrath to come. In Jesus' name.